Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective County Rewatch podcast, mainly because nobody else is dumb enough to undergo such a long series. I mean, One Piece, sure, but Conan, on the other hand, too crazy for anybody to uh, even try. Yeah, big congrats to One Piece, just reached the 1,000th chapter, so I'm sure Case closed. Detective Conan's also on its way there. Oh, we've already passed 1,000 chapters. Oh, have Conan's we? ahead. <laughs> yeah, Conan's ahead there. Okay, that's so weird, because... Alright, so there's less Conan volumes than One Piece, but... Yeah. Anyways, I'm not going to count it. Like, I thought... Maybe I'm just thinking of the manga series in English now. Well, not to get too crazy with spoilers, but something special happened in the 1,000-chapter case in Conan. Oh, okay. Well, goes to show you how little I know about the manga... <laughs> You need to catch up. That that'll be your 2021 resolution. You catch, you know, don't catch up. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up with the anime. Either way, you're screwed. The manga is a whole other beast. It's a lot quicker to get through the manga. I will say that. True. 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 You can read a chapter in like three minutes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a lot quicker. So we're talking about a two-part anime original, and it's the Legend of the Mysterious Five Story Pagoda. Episode 159 and 160 of the anime, episode 159, part 1, aired on September 6, 1999. The Conan's hint going into this episode was rope, Colleen. Are you excited to look for rope? Yeah, it was pretty prevalent. That's actually a great hint. Usually, um, they're not as helpful, but I thought this one, uh, this one was pretty good. Conan says, today in the five-story pagoda deep in the mountains, the legendary power the impossible crime um well it turned out to be quite possible <laughs> yeah i don't think we've ever seen an impossible crime just yet Conan usually figures them out good on him the episode begins with ron and conan enjoying the views of the countryside and we learned that ron won a contest by completing a magazine puzzle so this is something that kind of dates us the the magazine puzzles did you ever enter like stuff like that think so uh not for lack of wanting to like all of those kind of contests like whatever on the back of cereal boxes and stuff like that I always wanted to but i think my parents were like yeah no <laughs> uh it turns out that conan solved all the puzzles and he was acting too cool for school he's like oh they were all boring anyhow <laughs> that was like the biggest flex i've seen conan do in a while kegura then complains that the countryside is boring and a confused Ron says Koguro was initially overjoyed about the trip, and he says that he's going back to the hotel for a bath. I thought, like, uh, maybe Koguro would have some big scheme here, which is why he was initially excited. But they never really circled back around to that. I thought maybe he was, like, trying to gamble or something. Oh, okay. No, I I didn't... I just... I kind of felt like Koguro didn't want to be there. Maybe he just didn't know where they were going or something. Right. Kogoro is about to smoke a cigarette when a worker named Jukichi Okabe notices and tells him that smoking is not allowed. Kogoro puts it out and Ron apologizes. Okabe says that this place can be boring when there's no ceremonies going on, but Ron says they don't see the sights like this often living in the city. She says that it feels as if her spirit is being cleansed, and Okabe offers to take them on a sightseeing tour of the temple. Kogoro initially passes, but Ron drags him along and calls her father rude. Poor Kagero, he can't get a break from his daughter. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I mean, he was... <laughs> he's he's so funny, though. Like, I, I can't fault him for that. Akabe says that the temple is 400 years old and that it symbolizes the changes in history. Besides the five-storied pagoda is an old well that is from the beginning of the Wukong era. However, the well is not being used right now as it suddenly went dry. There's a legend that the woman whose love had been rejected cried in front of this well for three days and three nights. Colleen, what's the longest period of time that you've cried? Two days and two nights. Okay. This guy, this woman has me beat. (laughs) Yeah, if you had gone up for one more day, then your tears in the water in the well would have dried up at the same time. See, it's special like that. Darn. I was wondering why that didn't happen. Kegara finds the whole story ridiculous, and he just is like, why did my daughter drag me on this? <laughs> they arrive at the pagoda itself, and Akabe goes over a legend about it. He says that the abbot there found a young man that he thought could be his successor, but the young man fell in love with the village chief's daughter. The young man then broke temple rules by eloping with her. He was later taken away by the eagle of the abbot and hung on the pagoda. What a dick is this eagle, you know? I know. <laughs> well, so well-trained, but so brutal. Later on, an evil abbot stole valuable items from the temple and sold them, and one day he disappeared and was found hanging from the pagoda a few days later. So uh, if you mess around with this pagoda, Colleen, you're going to end up dead. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from this five-story pagoda. Why is it that, like, every place in Japan has, like, some legend about it, but they all end up with people dying? Why can't they just be, like, a nice little place? Like a good luck legend? Like, yeah. Like, you get uh, healed if you go to this place or something. I'm sure there are, but, I mean, for the purposes Not in Conan. of this being a crime show, yeah. We only visit places that are cursed. The story scares Ron, and Akabe says the legend now states that anyone that breaks the rules of the temples will suffer from the curse of the five-storied pagoda. An old man then appears behind them, which frightens both Ron and Kogoro, who mistake him for a ghost. I liked Kogoro also being scared. It made me think, because Kogoro usually, it's usually Ron overreacting to, like, the ghost stories and stuff. Maybe she gets it from her father, who tries to put on a front, but maybe he also has a little, uh, is a little bit scared of the supernatural. Oh, totally. Uh, I cannot see Aerie being frightened. Like, she just seems too serious for that kind of stuff. Uh, too so logical, yeah, I can too. I see, like, too logical. Uh, I, yeah, so Ron's, I don't know, more emotional side, whether that be when she's scared or not, I think that's from Kogoro. I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. Akabe says that is Tonkai, who's the current abbot of the temple. The abbot calls Kogoro's group suspicious, which is quite frankly very true, and tells Akabe not to let outsiders into this place. Akabe tries to reason with him, but the abbot says that the temple has been snatched away due to sightseeing, and mysteriously says that those people were bound to be punished by the heavens in the end. So what do you think about the abbot? Uh, It was quite the entrance he made. He just tells off Kogoro, his daughter, and Conan, and then walks off. Yeah, um, I mean, our typical grouchy character uh, with the sort of mild-mannered caretaker of the grounds or whatnot. So, yeah, uh, I mean, later on when we find out kind of what's going on with this uh, location, I kind of don't, I I kind of understand now why uh, 
it would have been probably better to build the amusement park there. Like, if he's not letting in sightseers, then I don't know what kind of, you know, funds are rolling into this place to keep it together. I don't know. But, um, yeah, he doesn't, doesn't seem like he's having a great day, <laughs> this Abbott guy. Ron wonders what that was all about, and Akabe then explains that the temple has become an asset of a sightseeing tour company. They plan to build a theme park nearby. The abbot claims that he's been deceived by the plan and that he's objecting to the damage it'll do to the environment. Since the sale, he's been treating all sightseers with an attitude. So I guess he wasn't always that way, but ever since uh, the sale, he's kind of he's kind of getting in the way of the uh, sightseeing company. He feels like he was screwed over, so he doesn't want them to have their sightseers to have a good time either. Kagura feels disrespected, and he tells his daughter that he's leaving, and he stomps off. And Okabe apologizes to Ron, and then he asks her if her father is the sleeping Kagura. She confirms this, and even though Kagura's kind of been a dick to him the entire time, <laughs> he's just delighted, and he's like, wow, I can tell my grandchildren that I met the sleeping Kagura. Wow, wow. Not very important, but I was super surprised that he has grandchildren. I believe that his wow. title card said he was like 56 or something. So I was like, wow. Why are you being a hater? Not being a hater, just been surprised. <laughs> I was like, he's too young <laughs> okay. to be a grandfather. I mean, I feel like having a grandchild in your 50 is not that weird. You know, put out a kid in your 20s. They put out another kid in their 20s. Works out. Yeah. No, I mean, the math works out. Just, you know, good for him, I guess. <laughs> Young grandpa. Later that night, Kagura and his family are having dinner with Yosuke Kajimura, who runs the Oda Hotel, which they're staying at. And also there is the Oda Company president, Hiyaki Odashi. Kagura is impressed by the hotel and is told that the theme park will make it even better. Odashi says that it will cost nearly 8 billion yen to complete, but they should make 10 billion plus each year off of it. Kajimura is about to introduce himself, but Adashi yells at him, saying he didn't even realize a celebrity was staying at the hotel until Akabe mentioned it. So he really goes off on the hotel manager. I kind of get it. He's kind of bad at his uh, job. Like, imagine if, like, Tom Cruise was staying at your hotel and you didn't, like, get any special <laughs> treatment. You should have, like, picked up Are you saying that, that Kogoro is the Tom Cruise of this anime? No, he's too tall. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, on the but on the off of... chance, just let me apologize real quick. On the off chance that Tom Cruise is listening, <laughs> we're sorry. Please become a Patreon subscriber. We'd love to hear it from you. Yeah, and uh, why don't you become a Phantom Thief while you're at it, and then you can come on the show. <laughs> That'd be huge. Tom Cruise talking <laughs> canon. That's what we want. That's amazing. What's your favorite um, Tom Cruise film, Colleen? Uh, <laughs> I don't know Colleen. if I have one. Oh my um, goodness! Countless classics. Top Gun. Um, do I have a favorite Tom Cruise movie? Vanilla oh. Sky. No. <laughs> Mission Impossible. I've only seen the third one. The Mummy. Um, I guess I I haven't seen. No. Jack Reacher. No. <laughs> this is turning into a, just a naming Tom Cruise movies episode or podcast. Risky Business. All right? No. Yeah. Um, I'll think about it. <laughs> Not that anyone cares what my favorite. Is it Tom Tropic Thunder? Is, I'll think about it. 
Talladega Nights. They're not Tell it. Wait. What's the, uh, what's the Tom Cruise racing film? Days of Thunder, sorry. Talladega Nights is the, uh, Will Ferrell one, I think. Alright, hang on. Oh, that was a good one. No, I'm kidding. That was a good one, though. Ricky Bobby, <laughs> man. Alright. Kajimura apologizes and says that he has to leave to get to Tokyo. Adashi calls Kajimura worthless and says that when it has to do with work, he shows no mercy. Kagura then notices a diamond on Adashi's necktie clip. And he's like, oh, what? This little thing? It's just a five-carat piece. Ho, ho, ho. I like the rich guy that just has to, like, bring more attention to everything by acting like it's not a big deal. He's like, oh, this $10,000 seat. Oh, come on. (laughs) I know. So we have another flexor in this episode. I thought Conan was bad enough with his puzzles, but now this guy is just taking the cake. Yeah, Kogura is just wowed by how expensive it is, and Ron's kind of embarrassed by her dad's reaction. But Adashi says there's no shame as it was the most truthful of reactions. An employee hands Adashi the cigar that he ordered, and he's like, and? And the guy's like, uh, what? And he's like, the receipt! <laughs> and so they, get, they hand him the receipt, and he's like, oh, how was I gonna do my business expenses without that? And so he puts the receipt in his wallet. Kegra then notices that his wallet is filled to the brim with money. Have you ever had, like, your wallet just stacked with money? I guess women... I mean, you have a wallet in your purse. It's not really the same thing, you know? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you know, you, do, do you have... What, what are your wallets like? <laughs> I don't think they're like a... You don't have a trifold, do you? Um, do you? No, I don't know <laughs> what's a trifold. Mine just opens <laughs> like normal. It, it was kind of like his wallet. <laughs> Okay, I don't think he had a normal wallet yeah, either. Yeah, it's his zipped up, you know. Mine's mine's like on a button. Well, it's not a button. It's one of those it's a button. Uh, I don't know what they're called. But a trifold, I am assuming it, it opens three ways. That's why it's called that, right? Yeah. Well, see, the thing with a you know a normal a man's wallet, you know, it goes in your back pocket. <laughs> why? Why are you like? This is how men do their things. They put their wallet on their butt. Okay. okay. Sorry. Now that now that I've um, you know Googled exactly what we're talking about, no, I don't have a trifold wallet. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I I put mine in my purse, or if I have a pocket that's big enough, like I have a. <clears throat> so my wallet is basically the size of like a clutch purse, if you know what that is. Yeah, women just have huge-ass wallets. It's weird. It's unsightly. Yeah, well, either that or we'll have, like, um, what are they called? I guess, like, coin purses or coin pouches. And then you put in, like, little things and zip that up. So if you don't want to carry around a big wallet. There you go. See? I was telling you, people, men and women, too different to unite under one wallet. (laughs) But, like, you know, the saying I was taught, that when you have a wallet that can't close it's kind of smiling that means it's happy because you can't close if you put too much money in a trifold it won't close properly Mm -hmm. so that's when you know you have too much money this guy he had too much money for a trifold so that's why i think he had to have a womanly purse you know yeah or that or he didn't want to fold his bills 
You want to Very true. keep them in pristine condition. Also, uh, I don't think he's the type of guy that keeps his wallet in his back pocket. I think he has like oh, servants no. that do that for him. For sure, they put the they put it in their front their back pocket. So uh, he gets the cigars, and Kegger's just like, "Wow, you got a lot of money." And he says, "I hate using credit cards, so I just keep cash on me." And that's when the abbot's son Shunkai appears, and he says he just came in, and he tells Adashi, "You should be ashamed of yourself that you use political means to deceive my father." And he says, "You're not gonna get away with this." And uh, Adashi's kind of like, "I will, though." <laughs> <laughs> I've already gone away with it. Because I've got money. Shinkai says that Adashi told his father that it'd be better for the temple to change ownership and that it could continue operating normally. His father believed him and then it became part of the theme park's plan. Adashi has security escort shown out and he tells him to come to his office tomorrow to talk. He also threatens to get legal action against Adashi. So uh, this is pretty intense, Colleen. Yeah. Did you get any inklings as to who was going to be the victim, who was going to be the murderer or culprit? Oh, the rich guy was definitely dying. He's dicked everybody. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that was clear. Because I don't know uh, if if there was any other possible victim. Like, I also felt they were trying to maybe make the... Uh, the, the temple guy's son what's his name shunkai i think they were trying to make shunkai out to be perhaps your like number one suspect because of just how aggressive he was see yeah he seemed too hot-headed to be a conan murderer because i feel like the conan killers aren't really like aren't really doing crimes of passion where they just go out of control they're usually manipulative and they usually have a pl- great big plan on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So he didn't really strike me as the type to like carefully plan out some elaborate murder because he was like, I'm going to beat your ass, brother. Right. He's a brute force kind of murderer. He was a cool guy, you know, and cool guys don't murder people. Not that way, anyhow. Adashi apologizes to Kagero and he says that the monks have treated this magnificent sightseeing development plan in a distorted manner. However, the development will also benefit the temple, so they're just being ignorant. Whoa. Alright. This guy's gotta go, apparently. Kanan brings up the temple's curse, and Adashi laughs it off. I feel that such a legend can be used as free advertising to attract clients. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kanan's like, man, this guy really knows how to run a business. And that's how the, uh, the meal ends, Colleen. What's your thoughts on old Adashi here? Um, yeah, he's... Because we're not going to see him alive for much longer. Yeah, um, I mean, I think uh, our whole cast of characters is pretty varied, like different personalities, uh, even with the hotel manager, kind of soft-spoken, klutzy kind of guy. Yeah, I think I think we're in for an interesting episode with this cast of characters. The next morning, Kegger receives a phone call from Akabe, he says that the prediction materialized and that Kogoro has to come to the temple at once. What a vague way to start the morning, just calling this guy at like 5 a.m. and being like, the prediction has materialized. Come here, quick. <laughs> and of all the people to call. Like, not like, oh, it's an emergency. I found a dead body. Like, Kogoro should have been just like, call the police, you weirdo. Yeah. Or not even, because it's just the legend materializing. Like... Just call the abbot. He, he's the 
professional in that department. The family runs to the temple and they find the monks saying prayer. They then look above and see that Adashi is hanging from the top roof. As Tong Kai calls it, a just punishment. So I like how this dude was just grisly murdered. And the abbot's just like, he had it coming. I know, right? I thought monks were supposed to be like, you know, above that kind of like attitude. Right, all about peace and not killing. He had it coming. Yeah, this guy was just, he had too much of a grudge. So Inspector Sango Yokomizo arrives. We haven't seen Yokomizo since uh, that Sonico case where he, <laughs> Sonico was like attempted, somebody tried to kill Sonico and then he was like, why don't you just walk to the station? I'm sure nothing wrong will happen. <laughs> I know. It hasn't been that long. That was maybe, what, three, four episodes ago? I feel like we've just seen him. They act like it's been a long time because Gunn's like, oh, Yokomizo, long time since we've seen you. <laughs> it has been a long time since he's seen Kogoro, though. So the uh, the reunion is quite nice to see. Good point. Good point. We learned that one end of the rope had been tied to the Pakoda's railing, while the other end was thrown over the roof to the front where the body was hung. Kogoro then makes his presence known, and Yukamiza is delighted to see him there. They ha- they do that scene with uh, Takagi and Sato where they're slow running. And then Yokomis is like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's how it played out in his mind. The love fest continues as Yoko meets Etso says, I think it's a suicide. And Kogura's like, I was thinking it was a suicide too. And they're just gleefully like, suicide, suicide, suicide. <laughs> they're so excited that it's definitely not a murder. Does that make their jobs easier though? Like, what's the big push for suicide? They don't have to track anybody down. They don't have to deal with an arrest. Just, uh, you know, less paperwork. You're only dealing with a dead guy rather than a dead guy and arresting a guy. Much easier. But the reason why they think it's a suicide is that Adashi weighs over 100 kilograms, which would make moving him to the fifth floor hard because of the narrow staircase. There's also no marks on his clothing as if he was dragged up. Conan sneaks up to the fifth floor to investigate, and the railing is damaged in the spot where the rope is tied. There are also burn marks all over the rope, despite it looking new otherwise. Meanwhile, the police are struggling to get the body down as the feet don't quite reach the railing. Conan wonders how that could be if he committed suicide, but the police just yell at him for sneaking up there. And they're like, get get out of here, kid. And Conan's like, oh, I was looking for the bathroom. Is the bathroom not here? Huh, guess it's not here. I guess I'll just look for the bathroom. (laughs) Do you know where the bathroom is? Uh, I love the bathroom running gag. This went on for like an excruciating long time. But I love that he keeps using the same excuse. Why would the bathroom be on the fifth floor upstairs outside on this pagoda? Mm. Seems like a logical place to put it. Is this not the bathroom? I thought this was the crapper. Okay, I'll keep looking for that bathroom. So the police find no dust on the pagoda, and as such, they couldn't find any footprints of Adashi. Additionally, his body shows zero signs of any external injuries, so he died from the hanging. The time of his death is between 3 and 4 a.m., and we learn that Adashi was living in the hotel's presidential suite. Staff members saw him leave the building at 2 a.m., and he must have arrived here afterwards. 
Did you think it was a suicide, Colleen? Were you on team Yokomizo? Uh, no. It's, it's only ever been suicide once, and that was, what, in the second or third episode? Third episode. It's coming back. Do you think we'll ever get a suicide again? Um, probably, just to throw us off. It'll be one of those, you know, co-growth is going to say that it's something else and it ends up being suicide. Yokomizo wonders if a will was left, and then Kajimura arrives at the scene in disbelief that his boss is dead. He says, if only you'd waited a bit longer. Kajimura says he wasn't here last night as he had business in Tokyo. He says that his business trip was to collect funds, and that if he failed, the company would have had to close down. He says the chief regretted it greatly, and that Adashi only carried a lot of money around to look richer than he was. The chief was also concerned because people from the temple came and said that they'd seek legal means. And that's when Conan was like, huh, this guy's suspicious. Conan does his classic, Alili? <laughs> and says that Adashi doesn't have a wallet. Conan says that Adashi didn't change his clothes from last night, but the wallet he was carrying is gone. Kegar tells him there's no point in bringing money with him if he's going to kill himself, which is very true. Why would you bring that? Yeah. There was there were some good points being made by Kogro. I think he makes a point later on that I really appreciated. It might be in part two, though, so I won't mention it now. He picks Conan up, and he just tosses him away. And Conan also <laughs> manages to mention that the man's necktie clip is missing. And Kegura also notices that it's gone. Yokomiza then brings up the possibility of a robbery, but Kegura is still certain it's a suicide either way. Kegura says that if it wasn't a suicide, then it could only be a divine punishment like the legend says. Tonkai then appears and says that Adashi had no respect. Yokomiza asks the monks where they were from 3 to 4 a.m., and the monks are all offended that they were being asked such a question. Abbott says that he was saying prayers in the hall at the time because he had a premonition that an evil end would come about. His son says he was sleeping and got up at 5 a.m., and that's when Akabe informed him of the death. Did you th- Did you ever think the monks might have done it? I think uh, the first time I watched this episode... I was suspecting the son because uh, I was kind of going off on the idea that he was um, carried, maybe not like through the staircase, but maybe through some other means. And I thought the son would have maybe been the only one strong enough to do that. So, um, yeah, I suspected him the first time I watched this, but the second time around... Uh, as the episode was going on, I remembered who it was and what was like a vital piece of evidence. So now I just kind of like watched it through knowing who the, the actual culprit was. Yokomiza wonders why Akabe called Kogura instead of the police and says that all three of them have a motive due to Adashi buying the temple. He mentioned that it doesn't matter if they hated him since it's a suicide. Kenan then looks on and says there's no explanation other than a suicide, but it still feels odd. He then looks at the body again and notices a part of the coat that is dirty and smells like herbs. The heels of the feet also have soil on them. Conan then has a revelation and finds the tie clip in the grass and says the crime actually occurred on the ground. And the episode ends with Conan saying that the murderer is probably the one who said those words. Oh my gosh. You know, those words. Those words. You know what words. Thank you for being so specific, Conan. He really helped us out. He's learning from Okabe. Oh, those words. The king of specifics. I bet the culprit is the person who did that thing. Oh. I bet the culprit is that person who's standing right there. The uh, next canon hint is wallet. Oh, well, we're experts on that now. 
And Conan says, the next episode is part two. Then a lady says, the truth behind the legend might be too frightening. And Conan goes, oh no. Oh no, what's going to happen? He's scared, Colin. Oh, my poor baby boy. He'll be okay. What do you think of part one of the Legend of the Mysterious five-storied pagoda? Well, uh, as far as part ones go, I thought this did what it was supposed to do. I thought it was well-paced, well-balanced. We got some comedy. We got like a legend from years past type of backstory. Character motivations and grudges against the victim were revealed. The clues that we were getting from the investigation and just the way that they were presented to us, I thought lent itself really well to being able to build up a theory as to how it was done. I know I had my hunches uh, at this point in the episode, and I was hoping I would be wrong because what I imagined was on the grisly side. Um, We got a change of scenery, which is always fun. And uh, as we mentioned already, we saw Inspector Yokomizo again, even though it was just a short break. Um, and lastly, I loved how the first part ended. Whenever Conan says that line, I get super excited and also makes me want to rewatch the episode before moving on to the next one, just to see if I can pick up on anything the second time around, because I know I didn't pick up on any specific words the first time. Yeah, I d- it didn't, it didn't st- uh, stick out to me either. Nothing there. Because usually the one I'm looking out for is if they say, oh, call the police instead of call an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah, so I've already learned to look for that one too. But uh, this time I was like, gee, I don't know. I'm kind of in the dark. Yeah, I liked the first episode as well. I thought it was a good start to the mystery. I liked all the the monks. I liked the different thing. I always like it when an anime original doesn't just use Megari. kind of feels a bit more special when they use Yokomizo or a different detective because it feels like Megary is like the go-to and we see him so often so it's nice to have somebody else there a little a little change of characters and i think his interactions with kogro are always super fun yeah for sure what with him being a fanboy yeah and i'm gonna break away from tradition i'm gonna give patreon thanks right Ooh, now okay midway through the episode so i want to give a shout out to medium-sized jeffrey not too big not too small ryan self big chief mason spencer young and William Lee, former guest of the podcast, you know what he did, Colin? What did he do? He said, you know what? I'm not giving you enough money for all the hard work. He bumped his pledge up. He's now a uh, great detective. Aww. Or no, no, no. What's the what's the highest? Phantom thing? Thief. Phantom Thief. He's a Phantom Thief. I don't even know our <laughs> tears. He went from being a great detective to a Phantom Thief. So he went from being on the right side of the law to being a bad boy. No way. Well, thank you so much. Well, thanks yeah. to all our uh patrons and all our listeners uh the support you guys give us is really great and you know a little tease here the next patreon special we're going to be doing is a case closed episode four which is the first junior detective league episode so that's going to be a lot of fun really looking forward to that and we just did our first giveaway thanks to the patreon we gave away a copy of the latest case closed film which is the crimson love letter and calling uh the winner of this was from twitter uh shout out to allison who won her twitter is at meowth 900 uh so she already got her prize and everything so i'm glad we could give a blu-ray to a to a good home to a conan fan wanting to enjoy some hygiene spreading spreading the conan love and the fandom i'm just so glad that you know these movies are even coming out again or 
not again. Did you see another one just came out like over the Christmas break? They released yeah. uh, the yeah the Black Organization movie. You know I'll be getting my physical copy if they ever release that. I'm sure they will. They haven't announced it yet, but I'm sure it'll come out soon. But yeah, they're yeah. just spitting them out there without warning. No, it's awesome. Discotech is doing a great job. Yeah, they are. They just uh, putting out Castle of Cagliostro on 4K soon. I'm buying that. So, Lupin the Third. Uh, good film. Great film. Classic film. Miyazaki, you know? Before mm-hmm. Ghibli. So, yep. you know and it's good. He just turned one. 80. He's an old man. Aw, He's still kicking. Birthday. He's still kicking. He's, He's a still genius. Kicking. He's a genius. What can I say? He survived 2020. Nothing can kill me as I. No, absolutely not. He's immortal. So now let's continue on. Episode 160, The Legend of the Mysterious Five-Story Pagoda, Part 2. This originally aired September 13th, 1999. And uh, so <laughs> just a, a warning here. Uh, we watched like a Chinese... <laughs> I don't even know how this... Okay, this is the weirdest thing. It must have been a Chinese group of subbers that took on this next episode because they used all the Chinese names, but they subbed the episode. It was still Japanese dialogue and they subbed it to English, but they used all the Chinese names for some reason. I don't, it was so confusing, Colin. I don't know. Wh- how does that, why would it be in English, but they used the Chinese names and uh, it was a lot to take in. Yeah, it t- took twice as long to watch it because you have well particularly for you tyler because you were doing notes i was just sort of ignoring the names confused yeah Uh, well (laughs) like you mentioned the only one that was probably legible was conan and maybe kogoro's name but the rest i was like i don't know who any of these people are who are you referring to yeah and i didn't know like there's like the recap and I scrolled past that so (laughs) i'm about three minutes into the episode and I'm, i'm watching it like 30 seconds past and then they say this random name, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, just scroll, I keep scrolling through this episode. I see all these random names that are not accurate. And so then I'm like, oh, my God. So I search for I click on every single video link I can find. Uh, no decent sub. And uh, I hope this is it for the Chinese-named subs. I hope we don't have to deal with this next week. But we'll mm, see. We'll not see. sure. I can't remember. We've run but, out uh, of the official, like, there's not even, like, official releases for this stuff, so it's the Wild West here. You don't even have your DVDs to fall back on at this point. No. Unfortunately not. Oh, yeah, but we, we passed the DVDs a long time ago. Yeah. It's gonna be a while until we get to, now. like, crunchy roll territory. <sighs> Dude. Because that was my thought. I thought, I was like... Crunchyroll, did you come in through me? Because I know they added some early episodes, and it ends at, like, 42. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it's, like, episode 42, and then it skips to 700 or something. And I'm like, you are not helping me at That's all. That's a problem. If anyone from Crunchyroll is listening, please help us out. Yeah, how about you get a couple hundred more Conan episodes subbed? Or, you know, just start off from where we're at. You know, help, help a brother out. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> So yeah, we this was difficult to get through, but I I feel like I've summed things up accurately. But if there are mistakes, I apologize. Uh, so Ken introduces it. He says the episode tells how the legend is solved in a way which is as unexpected as the legend. I'd say that's true. Yep, kind of like circular, but good. Kegger asks Conan what he's doing, and then the necktie clip is pointing out to him. Kagura says it's Adashi's clip, and Kajimura confirms that it is. 
The monks say that that proves they're innocent, as nothing was stolen, and it really was a suicide. Yokomizo finds the location of the clip odd, as it's so far away from the body. But Koguro is like, come on. Come on! <laughs> it's a suicide, come on. Kenan then brings up the traces of soil on Adashi's body. This convinces Yokomizo that he struggled with somebody, and then dropped the tie clip. Kenan then brings up the fact that Adashi's feet didn't touch the railing when lowered, and Yokomizo confirms that with his policeman, and then learns the gap was about 50 centimeters. So this was the first part where I was like, huh, maybe it was the the son here, like you were saying, because he's the tallest guy here. And I was like, if somebody's going to be able to lift this dude 50 centimeters up from where he needs to be, it'd have to be the son, because nobody else is big and strong like that. So I, for the most part, I was... C- correctly like suspecting the businessman kajimura because he seemed like one of those like smart me like yeah i'm gonna kill my boss <laughs> he's a jerk <laughs> to me the bastard uh but like when it was like 50 centimeters i was like that's a pretty big gap and i was like that's a pretty big monk you know so <laughs> i was kind of thinking hmm maybe that's him well fear not kogro has the solution ready for you still sticking with the suicide train Yokomizu can't figure out how Adashi would have killed himself, and Kogoro says it's not a problem, as he merely hung himself by jumping up there. Oh, I love the of vision of a guy just jumping up two feet and then, like, tightening the noose. Not any guy, this Odashi guy, who the day before was such a prick to everybody and flaunting his money around that he doesn't have. That and the inability to transport the body is enough to convince Yokomizo, and he's like, okay, you're right, Kogoro. I'm sorry for ever doubting you. You're so smart. And then he bows to him. <laughs> that didn't actually happen, but... Kenan is still suspicious, but he doesn't have the evidence necessary just yet. He needs to figure out how Adashi was hung, takes another look at the rope tied to the railing, and wonders why a slipknot was made. Colin, what's your thoughts on the band slipknot? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm indifferent. What are your thoughts? Right. Well, they wore masks. That was their big thing. Uh, oh, and I like, I know I you like... I think I can name a Slipknot <laughs> song. Okay. Yeah, not really a fan. Okay. We can go back to our Tom Cruise conversation. Well, that's better. Did you pick your favorite Tom Cruise film? Um, I think I'm going to go with A Few Good Men. Okay, there we go. Uh, but I, a few I good men. The Outsiders and Last Samurai as well. So, shout out to you, Mr. Cruz. So, back in the day, there's no way to confirm this, but somebody I was talking to on AOL Messenger back in the day claimed to be Tom Cruise's adopted, like, daughter. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, was just, it seemed, like a, seemed like an odd thing to lie about, but it seemed like an odd thing to be truthful about, too. Was this before well, say, his yeah. actual daughter was born? Or whatever, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think. I believe okay. so. It was his uh, daughter with... Uh, Nicole Kidman? I believe Nicole Kidman that they adopted. Yeah. Oh, okay. I forget her name, but... That's, they said that, they said they were. We talked on AOL for a few times. I don't think it was her. I don't know. <laughs> Who can say, you know? It's just a weird thing to make up. I don't know. It was the Wild West back then. You could be anybody you wanted to. You still can, I guess. What a life. Shout out to Tom Cruise. Maybe his daughter, <laughs> who I may have spoken with. And maybe didn't. Who can tell? Maybe she'll reach out to you again. This will be the vehicle that brings you two back together. She, she might be a big Detective Cannon fan. 
Exactly. Who can say? Who can say? So, uh, Conan's still suspicious. He's taking a look at the slipknot, and he then he figures out the trick, and he gets told to stop touching evidence by a policeman. The, <laughs> I like how the police are actually on the ball, at least. <laughs> like, usually they're just like... Like, we've mentioned that, how Conan's been able to handle all this evidence lately and nobody's saying a thing but at least they're <laughs> being like kid what the hell are you doing stop touching this that's because we're in a different region <laughs> like this isn't this isn't megary's team megary's team that's very guess, true trusts conan now i also i didn't mention this before but i loved how you know how okabe was like oh, is this the the great sleeping kogoro and everybody at the hotel knew who kogoro was but the actual police officer working with Yokomizo wasn't sure. He's like, who's this guy? And Yokomizo's like, how do you not know? It's Sleeping Kogoro. Anyways, just wanted to add that in because I thought it was funny. Ken runs off to the nearby woods and finds marks on the nearby well, which uh, made quite the comeback. You know, this well was mentioned at the very beginning of the first episode, and then it comes back midway through episode two. So you probably forgot about that. Oh, totally. I, I certainly did. I've <laughs> when you mentioned it at the beginning, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that uh, it actually made an appearance earlier. I thought it was just in the second part. Kegro is ready to wrap up the case, but Yukamizo still isn't sold. Kegro says that if he's still talking like that, then maybe the police report should say that Adashi died from the curse. And Yukamizo's like, uh, I'd be fired if I wrote that. Surely you jest, Mr. Kegro, sir, please. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know who Yokomizu's superior is. I don't know if we ever do beat him, but imagine this is like the the boss of Megari and Sato and all of them. Would he? I assume it's the same guy. I mean, it's the same police force. Oh, is it? I thought they were right? in a different think so. area. <laughs> okay. Yokomizu. Well, let's find out. We're gonna we're gonna look this up. Oh my god, his dub name is Inspector Worthington. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to meet Inspector Worthington. I'm really excited to revisit all of the dub names, because I've totally forgotten. Okay, I guess he is in a different... He is in a different era, you're correct. So he has a different boss. Is it his twin that is in Megary's district? I'm not sure. Maybe not. Maybe he's in a different place. So he's Kanagawa... This guy's Shizuoka, and then what's Megari? What's his place? Is he Tokyo, or I don't know, maybe beyond Tokyo. Yep, Tokyo. You're correct. So, okay, so they're all in different places. So good, good to figure that one out. Kajimura asks if he can return to the hotel, and he gets the okay from Yokomizo, and then he drops his wallet while handing over his business card. Kagura notices that it's packed with money, like Odashi's was. And that's when Kajimura quickly takes it back. Kagero asks about the money, but Kajimura says it's for the staff and their daily wages. He gets real defensive about it. And Kagero's like, dude, why are you being so weird? I'm just joking. Just having a laugh. <laughs> it's not like you killed anybody. Come on, it's suicide. Suicide. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Don't be weird about that. Suicide. That's right. Haven't you been listening this entire time? The abbot asks about the plan for the theme park now and Kajimura says the ownership of the temple should revert back to them in fact Kajimura has the ownership papers now and he'll hand it over to them later so the monks are celebrating they apologize for judging his character previously Kajimura says the whole thing really was a misunderstanding from the beginning and that's when Tankai is like you know what I'm gonna say a prayer for Adashi now you know I feel bad for 
celebrating his death. And Shinkai says this is like Adashi's final good deed, and says he'll return back to where he lives to carry out his meditative training, and Akabi says he'll be back by evening if he leaves now. So everything's wrapped up, Colleen. It was a suicide, yeah. easy, easy case. Everyone's feeling good. Kajimura's being a stand-up guy, wants to save the temple. Tankai's praying for his mortal enemy. Yep, this is a feel-good ending. Kenan feels as if he's got decisive evidence now and has figured out the case. Kegrio once again declares it a suicide. And Yukamiza says he's kind of like, uh, I don't know. He's like, okay, I guess I'll just go with it. Kogoro's right. Against... He's Kogoro. Okay. I was like, is he going against Kogoro now? And there's a good scene. Kogoro's like, oh, I'm feeling drowsy after waking up so early. And then Kenan hits him with his watch gun. And then he's like, oh, it hit me again. I'm feeling sleepy. <laughs> Then he passes out on the steps of the pagoda. And I gotta say, this is so funny. So Kenan puts his speaker on Kogoro's forehead. And I don't know how he gets, like, I don't know how he gets away with this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's a big old speaker. And he puts it right on his head. And he doesn't conceal it or anything. No. <laughs> I'm totally with you there. So he places Kogoro however many feet away from everybody sticks a speaker on and i guess nobody can see it from that distance but they don't even come closer like this whole deduction show had me in stitches because nobody even bothered to approach kogoro Conan uses his bow tie to start the deduction show immediately after Yokomiza calls it a suicide. And Kogoro is like, come on, bro, it wasn't really a suicide. I was giving you so many hints. I was dropping so many hints you couldn't put it together. It's a murder. Come on, man. <laughs> Poor Yokomiza is so confused at this point. I guess I was too dull to figure out the trick. Kogoro says, yeah, if, if you want something done, you gotta do it yourself. So I'm gonna perform a demonstration. He asks the police officers to lend a hand, has them set up a heavy bag that weighs as much as an odashi on the grass. Officers tie the bag with a rope, and then have the other end of the rope wound up to the fifth floor of the pagoda. They thread it through the railing and extend it to the ground. I gotta say, they used a different word for railing here that I had never seen in my life. Did, were you familiar with that big word Ballastrad? they had? It's like fucking no. vibe. Yeah, well, uh, were you? Is that a word you, you know? If we're talking balustrade, yes. Day to day? Yeah. Uh, Bring that no, up? No, not day to day. <laughs> when does that come up? <laughs> it comes Do up. You work in, like, are you working construction? What are you doing? <laughs> the balustrade, whatever the. <sighs> Answer the question, Colleen. This is Colleen's construction minute now. Oh yeah, right. This is my architecture section of portion of the podcast. Um, no, it's just because uh, it's the same or a very similar word in uh, a different language that I speak. That's how I use it. I don't use you it You know in it in two languages now? <laughs> oh, this woman. Alright, so it's tied into the unused well and then tied to a bunch of iron and steel, which are pressed on an iron bar that can easily drop down the well. So basically, they have this whole thing weighted out, and with a tug of it, they can make it all fall, which would pull the body through the bow. What a fucking... Uh, <laughs> whatever Colleen says. Let's just go with railing. <laughs> It makes more sense. I think that's much easier for everybody to understand. They don't need to know multiple languages to understand the term, Colleen. 
let's just blame the poor subtitles poor translation apparently they had it right you were like oh the ball and cloud of <laughs> bagger swagger whatever what is it <laughs> can't stop laughing balustrade the balustrade okay yes as we say on the case reopen podcast they put the rope on the on balustrade <laughs> let me fix my monocle here Kegra has Yokomisa pull strongly on the rope. This makes the iron bar go down the well, and then the bag is hung on the top of the pagoda in the exact position Adashi was in. The marks of burning on the rope were actually from it going across the top of the roof. As for the tie clip, it fell off at the scene of the crime. Yokomisa asks how the culprit got the rope around Adashi and why he didn't resist. Kegra says that the criminal used a mobile phone to get Adashi to come out. He then approached him from behind and slipped the noose on. That very moment, he pulled the rope and caused the bar to drop. He then kicked Adashi's legs out from under him so he couldn't struggle. And that's when the soil got on his suit and the tie clip fell. And the visual here is very funny as he just goes sideways and then gets pulled up <laughs> to the top of the pagoda. It's like a slapstick comedy, but murder style. <laughs> yeah, so this is what I was afraid of. Um, it was a little tamer than what I had imagined. I thought that the body was literally quite dragged uh, across the ground, but luckily it wasn't as vile. But yeah, still, it, it was pretty bad. Yakamiza wonders if the case was many people working together to kill Adashi, like, hmm, maybe those monks. Everkogura says it was possible to be done by just one person on the rope that passed through the railing. <laughs> the criminal tied a slipknot. Kegre then says that he asked the police to do the same and that they'll demonstrate. I gotta admit, maybe it was because of the all the different stuff with uh, the sub-quality and it being a different language. I had no clue what the hell the Slipknot had to do anything, but I will walk you through. Well, maybe you can explain to me after I go through it here but why this was needed. But the uh, policeman moved the Slipknot to the top of the railing and then put a rod through the loop. This establishes a fixed point and the rope is then cut. The cut part that is on the outside is then looped through the inside and the rod is now removed. Now all the rest of the rope that has been cut just has to be thrown in the well and it disappears. So would there have been like leftover rope or something otherwise? Is that the whole thing I thought here? the purpose of the rod was to keep the body in place. Because as they were showing in the like what if scenario, it would have to like the person would have to hold on really tight so the body wouldn't like flop around or fall. Like I don't... Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got you. That's what, but yeah, I, I still, I still had a hard time believing that the person who ended up doing it did it. I still think that you need considerable strength to do something like this. And I don't know, maybe I'm just being judgy here, but I didn't think that the person was strong enough. The plan took advantage of the legend to make it look like Adashi committed suicide. However, the criminal messed up by allowing the feet of Adashi to be 50 centimeters away from the railing. Or the, whatever. <laughs> Ballenstrad, or whatever you were saying. Ridiculous. I can't believe you knew that word. I was so confident that it was like the door jamb. <laughs> okay. That nobody that knew what know. it was. Like that, I haven't heard of that in any other language. Now Colleen's like, I don't only, I don't only know that word, but I know it in two languages. <laughs> maybe even three. Ridiculous, this podcast. Yakumiza asks who could commit such a crime. 
Kirger says that the person that murdered Adashi wasn't one of the monks, but rather Kajimura, the businessman. Act shocked, Colleen. Oh, I did not see that coming. I am so shocked. How was that? Is my acting good? Very, very okay. good. You're, you're like a natural Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, I learned from him. Learned from the best. Kajimura plays dumb and says he doesn't know anything about the temple. Kagura says that Kajimura took advantage of his job and under the guise of looking into the theme park, obtained the blueprints of the temple in order to figure out the height of the pagoda and the distance to the well. I was kind of surprised that they even had blueprints for the <laughs> temple. Like, do you make these, like, after the oh, fact? Exactly. Like, this was made, like, 500 years ago. When when did these blueprints come out? Yeah, that's so... I guess they just measured everything. I don't know. It just seems a weird thing to be like, what's the blueprints for this thing that was like ancient no that's true i didn't even think about it until now so yeah that's how he figured out the height of the pagoda and the distance to the well it was also the one that put the building materials out near the well to be used so that's where you got the iron bar and all that steel and stuff you know this part was again a little like uh, to me because um all of those other guys could have done the exact same thing and like they were Cohen was acting like this is you know conclusive evidence that's Kajimura like there's other evidence to support it but all of this blueprint and material stuff like the monks live there and the caretaker is there all the time too so they had an equal um, opportunity to set all of this up that is true Kajimura says that while it's true he had material set here he never committed murder and Adashi knew exactly what he was doing Plus, he went out on business in Tokyo, and he wasn't here last night. Kegger asks how he knew that Shunkai threatened legal action against Adashi. Shun only arrived last night after Kajimura left the dinner party, and Kajimura is like, Oh, the, the chief called me on his mobile phone. We talk like friends do. And Kegger says, That's not true. Kajimura asks for evidence, and Kegger says it's actually on his body right now. He says, Yokomizo, look through this man's wallet. And so they just open up his <laughs> wallet, which is not a trifold. It's a very womanly no. purse. I wonder if like the trifold's a more recent thing. I don't think it is. I think it's been. been when was the trifold invented? Is there not a Wikipedia page for fucking trifold wallets? How are you? Here again. There has to be. Right, trifold. I'm not seeing info on when the trifold. Well, sometimes you never know. But did you know they had Wallace in ancient Greece? Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I guess... You know, there's also like bifolds. Yeah. Bifolds are just the ones that open up more regularly. So, yeah, I've seen a lot oh, of those. Wow. Lots of wallets. Wallet bands, money clips, front pocket wallet. Trifold. Bifold, you know what? I'm a total liar. Wallet. I used to have a trifold, but again, it's like... It oh. would clip on, like, so you'd actually whoa, close it. Whoa, 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 Excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt. But did you know that there is a shoe wallet, which is a small pouch attached to a shoe to be used as a wallet designed primarily for people exercising? Huh. A shoe wallet. It, well, it's on the outside of the shoe, right? A shoe wallet. I don't know. I've never <laughs> seen a shoe wallet. I didn't know they exist. Hey, I watch Get Smart, so I know of the shoe phone, but not of the shoe wallet. <laughs> the shoe wallet i like uh, it rolls off the tongue shoe wallet i had these nike shoes where you could like take out the uh the foam part i don't i forget like what it's called tongue the, the, the foam part, part of 
Is that what we're talking about? Like the yeah, yeah. So, no, no, the very bottom of the oh, shoe. Oh, the sole. Yeah, the sole. So you take that out, and then there was a place for you to put like a tracking sensor. It was for like if you wanted it to track your workouts or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So I wonder if you could put a. What if they did that for the put your money in there? <laughs> that seems so gross. I think that would like, work. Just... Or, I mean, it's I smaller, know. but the tongue. I think that's what you call it. Probably smell yeah, bad. Yeah, for sure. So, so there we go. Shoe wallets. It's a thing. Where? How do we get so <laughs> off track? So that's the fashion corner, Colleen. That's minute. right. <laughs> Even though it was... Do you want to say shoe wallet in French or something? <laughs> and that's been our fashion corner. All right. So he says he has the evidence on him. So Yakamiza is looking through uh, the uh, wallet here. He doesn't have a shoe wallet. It's just a normal wallet. And he's like, you know, Adachi's fingerprints are going to be on the money because he gave me all the money. And Yakamiza finds the receipt in the money. And Carrier's like, ding, ding. That's for cigars last night from the Oda Hotel. There's no way for Kajimura to have that unless he stayed here. Uh, it'll be properly marked and everything. So we got you, I love bastard. This. Love it. it was such a good psych moment. Yeah, it was a good catch. I gotta say, the one thing when this happens... And it's always like the silly way of capturing these guys. It's always like, what if they didn't mess mm-hmm. up? Would Conan be screwed? You know what I mean? I think so. Like it, always, it seems like a lot of these cases come down to like happenstance and chance, and you know, just being mm-hmm. lucky. Because really, if that receipt wasn't there, what else did Conan have? Because he couldn't even prove that the guy wasn't here last night. Because he he didn't even have evidence for that. He was just like, yeah. no, that's a lie. Yeah, so that's always an interesting thing thing to think about. But hey, it's anime, you know. You take it for what it is. Kagura believes that Kajimura found the wallet in the grass after killing Adashi and decided to take all the money, but he didn't notice their seat, so that greed has led to his capture. Yakamiza arrests him and he asks him for his motive. Kajimura says that he was ordered by Adashi to commit tax evasion, and that's actually why he was heavily promoted. Hever was about to be exposed, and Adashi wanted Kajimura to take all of the blame and take the fall for it. And he's like, I'm going to commit murder. Rather, you know, rather than being exposed for tax evasion, I'm going to commit a felony and murder as well. I mean, I, he probably didn't think he would get caught. That's the only law explanation here. Yeah, he was going to say, you know what, the person doing the tax evasion, all the dig guy. Come on, right. Dad, I wouldn't do that. And he was just so stricken with guilt that he committed suicide. <laughs> After the ending song, Ron wonders why every time she travels with her father, a case occurs. Oh, look at that. Ron's actually in this episode. I don't know about you, but she would, I don't think she said anything until this part. And I, so I was like, where's Ron? Well, she maybe not in the second. No. Yeah, maybe not in the sec- second episode. She did win that puzzle She's contest. the whole reason they're here. So she had an, a semi-important role to play. I gotta say, the uh, sub we were using, she kept calling Kegaro Papa. <laughs> and it was real weird to me. That's so cute. I wa- it's, she sounded like she was five. She was like, I wonder if Papa is cursed. <laughs> Why is there always dead people around Papa? Papa. I see dead people, Papa. Papa, Papa what happened on the balustrade? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. So, uh... Kagura gets defensive, much like myself, and he says that a detective must have things happening around him. That's where our food comes from. Accidents are my business. Detectives are bound to encounter cases. Kagura <laughs> says that line, and then he trips while going down this temple stairs, and he just falls down. And Kagura says, 
Conan says, Kugger really is a person with a lot of accidents. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was a nice um, little throwback to actually Megri always saying how Kogro invites yeah. mur- murder wherever he goes. The Detective Conan wiki says this is the first time that Ron thinks her d- dad might be cursed. I find that really surprising, but uh, hey, I, I guess we can't go against the wiki if that's what it says. So the next Conan's hint is blowfish milt. I don't know what a milt is. You you know everything, Colin. What's a milt? <laughs> I do not know what that is. You're letting me down here. Uh, milt is a seminal fluid of fish, mollusks, and certain other water-dwelling man- uh, animals. Uh, also, it's the stuff they spray. It contains the sperm onto row uh, fish eggs. So. Lovely. Fish sperm. That's our hint for next yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, some fish is going to come. So, uh, oh. I mean, I'm uh, looking forward to the episode because I remember it, but I didn't realize that was the hint. So I'm, I'm hating this fish right come. now. Milt. Yeah, let's right. go with milt. How do you say fish... How do you say fish milt in French? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even know what milt was in English. So the next podcast, we're going to be covering that case, which is the murder floating in the water stream restaurant. And we're doing something special next time, Colleen. What's that? What if I told you that there was a life before Conan and that Jimmy Kudo was once a teenage... Jimmy Kudo. Uh, Shinichi <laughs> Kudo was once a young Japanese boy, a detective, if you will, in high school, and that we're going to get to see some of his live-action drama from his high school days. You're pulling my leg. (laughs) Likely being played by, like, a (laughs) 30-year-old Japanese man. What is this beautiful thing that you speak of? So we're going to be watching that anime episode and the first episode of the live-action Detective Conan drama, which is subtitled File 1... The high school detective before coming, Conan, uncovering the murder affair mystery. Oh my god. So this is going to be a, a lot. Live action, Conan. I've never seen this before because uh, I figured it would be terrible. <laughs> but perfect podcast Absolutely. content. I haven't seen it either. I'm very excited. And it's kind of uh, ironic because it's Detective Conan without the Conan. <laughs> very true. Very true. Detective Shinichi. Yes. Coming soon. To a so podcast week. near you. But before we get to that, before we get to that, let's talk about this episode. Let's wrap it up. Let's put a bow on the five-story pagoda mysterious legend case. Uh, episode 159 160. What do you think overall about these two episodes, this case as a whole? What do you think, Colleen? I think for an anime original, it was on the stronger side. I'm not going to say that it was fantastic, but I thought it was a pretty good case. It got my attention. Um, I think the the murder method was intriguing, creative. I found the second part was a really fast watch compared to the first one. What with everything they had to get through. I don't know. It just felt like they had to cram in so many details, but it also wasn't too rushed. It was like a really nice pace, even though I felt like there was a lot of details being thrown at us. It would have been nice if we had a little bit of a better sub so that we could follow along better, but hey, that's okay. At least there was some, you know, a sub out there available. Um, We touched on this earlier, but I just thought the deduction show was so hilarious. Um, (laughs) 
what with like Conan putting the speaker on Kogro. I feel like that's gonna happen again. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, yeah, he just keeps getting more and more ridiculous with his with whatever he ends up doing with Kogro. Um, I really appreciated. I mean, I know we were laughing about how Kogro is like on the suicide train throughout the entire two-parter, but I really appreciated the part where he said that it, um, the killer would have had to, uh, like, the the f- victim's feet would have had to still touch the <laughs> railing, even if there was a killer. So that kind of, I thought, was a smart point for Kogro to raise, which uh, isn't always what we get from him, but uh, I thought it was good. So yeah, I, I I liked the two-parter overall. Um, I really liked the gotcha moment, uh, and yeah, it it was really nice to uh, get a little bit of a a different scene. I mean, I like I like the cases that happen in Tokyo, but I also like when they go out and visit other areas. So yeah, yeah, I liked it too. I, like you said, it's always fun when they go to different places. I gotta say, it was kind of hard to judge just because of the sub-quality. You know, like, dealing with the Chinese names and, like, all the typos. But I can't really hold that against the case itself. I feel like if we had seen a properly subtitled version, it would have been more fun. But, uh, you know, with putting that aside and taking it, you know, like, for the case itself, it was a good mystery. I liked how the well came back because it seemed like just, you know, some info you don't really need to really know about. But then... You know, it comes back and it's one of the main things. So that was cool. Yeah, I dug the episode overall. It was a good two-parter. It was paced really well. Just uh, a shame about, you know, the way we had to watch it. And I hope that doesn't become a running theme. Because, like, it sucks how much Conan hasn't been officially put out, you know? And it's amazing that fans have, you know, made all this stuff available. You know, and I'm always thankful. But when it's, like, that poor of a quality and nobody's, like, remastered it, it's it's just a bummer. It's like we're not getting the best possible experience and there's no way to get the best possible experience. So hopefully, uh, you know, like we said about Crunchyroll, like maybe all these other episodes can get subtitled at the very least, uh, in the future and officially released. Uh, hopefully it's not <laughs> once we're done with them all, <laughs> watch them, <Yeah. laughs> watch us like catch up and then they'll be like, yeah, we're finally putting out the subs for all these old episodes. It's like, come on, but and you we're know, gonna have to go back. that is just a bit of a bummer. Yeah. yeah. And, well, not that it was, like, it was super obvious in and of itself, but compared to the first part, I don't know about the the version you watched, but I watched one where the the team, the translation team, went to the effort of also including a lot of editor's notes. So they were, like, explaining what yeah, yeah. Onesan meant and, like, Oji-san and things like that. So, yeah, they went, like, above and beyond what we actually needed versus the other one that was a little bit distracting yeah it was a is a huge drop in quality like just going from one part and the fact that it was a two-parter it would have been jarring enough if we had done like one anime original and then another anime original and they weren't connected but to have the same story being done by two different teams and like the quality being that so drastically different it was quite the way to experience uh you know a piece of work mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's a solid k i think it is a really solid k it's just a shame that you know the quality was so bad but you know what can you do you know it's just part of that's part of the territory you know that's part of why like catching up with conan um you know in english is such a weird thing that you have to put through sometimes like an episode is just gonna be terribly like 
uh, subbed, like with that common Yaiba, uh, episode we did, you know, a long time ago, but you had the DVDs, you <laughs> cheater, but I have them somewhere too. I don't know. They're in a box somewhere, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, but I think you did a episodes. great job with the notes. I, I hope all the listeners also feel we that try, way. We try our best. <laughs> we try our best to get the, everything put through. Next week, we will dive into live action for the first time. Uh, fucking blowfish come. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of exciting stuff You just stuff keep wanting to say that. I don't want to say it. It's disgusting. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. Do they eat it? What, what is it on the menu? There's so many questions I have about and this. And we're going to get all the answers next week. Oh, wait. Oh, here we go. In Japanese cuisine, the testes of cod, anglerfish, salmon, squid, and pufferfish are eaten. Okay. Ew. The more you know. Even your dog was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> yeah, they didn't like that. Oh, boy. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I try not to judge other cultures' food because that's like a bad thing to do. But uh, maybe don't don't eat the testes. I mean, other they're sorry. I mean, bulls' testicles are used in other cuisines. So, um, why you not ever fish? Eat you ever eat any any milt? I have not. Don't yeah. answer that. No, okay. no. we're done. <laughs> we're Goodbye. Done. <laughs> Bye. Follow the podcast at case underscore reopen. Check the Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash case reopen. And uh, we're gone. Blowfish milk. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And remember, when truth always prevails. <laughs>